Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher Tosopoulos, DJ, Nikki Snacks. Kreider is under the weather, a little clam chatta issue. Uh, Quan Cosby, uh, not under the weather, but not here today. So shout out to Quan. Uh, we'll be seeing him soon. Uh, hopefully he'll be joining us Friday on our show with Anthony Armstrong to be released next week. Anthony Armstrong, former receiver in the NFL, covers high school football recruiting. So very exciting for those recruiting nuts out there, which seems to be a lot of you. A lot of recruiting nuts out there. And what's not to go nuts about? Big 12 media today, day Wednesday, which we're recording on, dropping Thursday. Uh, so I want to pose some interesting questions to you, Toss, that I, that I saw there. But again, Texas football recruiting slowly climbing up the ladder, number 17 uh, on 24-7. It really is looking like if the Simmons, Colin Simmons, Domino falls, the edge from Duncanville, the number eight recruit, if that falls, then Terry Bussey from Texas, from uh, Timpson, Texas, dude, I look, I know you guys are from Texas and I think the listeners and viewers at this point know that I'm not from Texas and I swear to God, they just keep making up places. <laughs> they just keep making places up, dude. Like they just keep making play. You know what? We're going to make it Simpson. Just throw a T on that on that bitch and just make it make it Timson. That's what we're going to do over here in, in Timson, Texas. They just keep making places up. Uh, Ryan, there just have big, to, there have to be a lot of different names that you throw out there. I mean, we we definitely hit all of the uh, like major European cities. You know, you've got you've got Paris, Texas. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure there's there there's probably an I know there's an Athens, Georgia. There's probably an Athens, Texas too. Uh, White House. You know, just a variety of different Tyler. That's a bigger one, but Missouri you know, city random, random names. Yeah. Named after other States as well. Missouri city, of course, like it's, I don't know where they all come from, but we've got a lot of, a lot of cities, a lot of names. And that's kind of the fun thing about it is, mm-hmm. you know, any given one star, two star school can produce, especially in football, a, a top tier talent. You know, um, yeah, that, that's kind of the cool thing. And that's just what Texas does. Yeah, we have, we're, players. we're in the mix for Brandon Baker, not from Texas, who's from modern day uh, Sark's old ties back in California. That would be that often he's an offensive tackle, six, five, two eighty five. We've mentioned him before. That would be a little that would be a behemoth signing for a multitude of reasons. Uh, he's the 21st ranked recruit, number 23 ranked recruit wide receiver, six two Ryan Wingo uh, from St. Louis, Missouri. That'd be nice. And then Kobe Black, uh, the 24th ranked recruit. It seems like if Simmons goes, he goes, or hopefully vice versa. Uh, He's on 24 7, 100%. All the aforementioned, well, Wingo and Black are 100% on Texas. Black cornerback from Waco, um, six foot, pretty big, actually. Nice as a coming in as a freshman. Uh, Simmons, the 50 50 ball on LSU, which is. Not a good team to be a 50-50 ball against, if I do say so myself. 
Uh, but we had a good commit from Aaron Hampton uh, from from Dangerfield, Texas. Jesus. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Dangerous. Rod- shout out Rodney Dangerfield. One of the funniest to ever do it. He is one of the funniest to ever do it. Uh, athlete, uh, another four-star that Sark brings into the mix. And the cla- Jordan Johnson Rebel from Florida, uh, along with Jarek Gibson, who we've mentioned before, both IMG guys from Florida, two huge gets so far leading our class. And again, if we get, if we somehow close on Simmons, Black, Wingo, uh, and Bussy, and those are, if we get four guys in the top 25, like we have a serious, we're going to have another top five recruiting class probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what we expect, right? And that's what we need to be um, heading into joining the SEC, um, you know, after our last season upcoming here uh, in the Big 12. You know, 8-5 and five last year, the recruits having top 10, top 5, top 15 recruiting classes, is, um, that's not something that's new for Texas, right? But once again, it always comes down to you bring these recruits in, how do you develop them, and then how do they execute on the football field? And uh, it was it was interesting, right? You know, today was uh, – we obviously got some some press opportunities to hear from Coach Shark, the rest of the squad. Um, one thing I thought that was just poignant and uh, adds, adds some perspective is him talking about, you know – last year how he felt like the offense became a little one-dimensional and he said that you know they became too reliant on Bijan and Roshan um and and what they were able to do running the ball and I you know it almost seemed like Sark felt like the offense and his play calling got a little complacent with those two guys and I felt like at times you know that doesn't really surprise me that that he is admitting that um, and, you, you know, you were really critical last season just in, in regards to how those two guys were involved in the passing game. And I think that in and of itself is an example of our lack of utilizing those guys in a variety of different ways. And I think mm-hmm. I'm excited to see a guy that is heralded as a true offensive guru getting his quarterback in year two with the system, which you would expect – you know, that that at this point, Quinn has a good hold on what Sark wants him to do um, as, as our signal caller and get everyone involved in a variety of different ways, whether it's the, the deep receiving room, the variety of running backs who can all do different things um, and have an offense that is completely and truly unpredictable. And, yeah. you know, that that's something that I think I expect to see. And I'm, you know, the closer and closer we get to, week one, um, the more excited I get. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like that you bring up Sark's comments in last year's last year's play calling. Nick, I think, wanted him to stop calling the plays altogether. Right. Uh, I was disappointed in the lack of receiving yards for Bijan. I think I'll be even more disappointed when I see how well he does in the Falcons offense from what we're hearing from camp over there. But when kind of we've discussed this earlier today off air, like, okay, identifying the problem is the first step. Great. Like that pat on the back, you identified the problem, but I need to see, we have all have identified the problem in some capacity though. I need to see you implement changes now. And I think one of the biggest changes goes from less deep balls to X-Men, less, you know, more of a running back committee, which he's going to have to deal with by default. Um, Excuse me. And more intermediate routes, work the middle, 
be more fearless in the middle of the field in the pass game. Get the play action going and be more fearless in in the field. I love just some you know the end arounds. Get if Nayer's healthy, use his speed, worthy speed on end arounds. Uh, the McVeigh and the Rams like Cup, Robert Woods when those guys were at their best, they use those uh, a plethora of times and, and, and often you know in the most important moments. Uh, work the middle of the field with Whittington, who is a big body there. Then obviously a guy that we both love and is, is really starting to, I think, get some national recognition in Jatavian Sanders, yeah. uh, who could be the number two tight end off the board in the NFL draft in the first round in the top 20 picks. That wouldn't be surprising. And I think, you know, he's being critical of his play calling, but I would say if, if you took the Texas football that we have watched in the last five years, the last two years, in the first two years of Steve, Steve Sarkeesian's tenure, from an offensive play calling standpoint, have been better than the previous three years before that. Like, I think each year he's shown that he is that offensive guru and the same qualms that we had, you know, with Herman in prior regimes where we were really scratching our heads as to like what the offense was doing play in, play out. Um, I felt like we we didn't have that same uh, frustration with with Sark these last two years, especially last year. Uh, There's a real mind to it. There's like a real creativity. There's like I, I think Herman. I, like that's what I'm saying. It's like I know we're being critical, and I know he's being critical of himself. But I feel like as a Texas fan, I've gotten a better product offensively last season than I had you know, the previous three seasons. So and let's um, not I'm, forget, like we were in position. Sorry to cut you, but we were in a no. position where. Like we go into the season and our starting quarterback gets hurt a game and a quarter into the year. So we go to our backup. Then we go back to our starter who's not fully healthy. We don't think we hope. And like any, we saw like the glimpses in the Oklahoma game, like, Oh wow. There's a lot of things happening. Quinn has to, and nothing to do with Sark. Sark could, you know, dial it up, you know, write it up and, have the best X's and nos, and there were a lot of times where guys were open, and Quinn Ewers was missing throws. Right, and there there has to be, and yes, he was a freshman. So when he goes from freshman to, to sophomore, you know, people thought he'd be Jameis Winston, but when he goes and he wasn't, when he when he goes when he got hurt, when he, when he goes from freshman to sophomore, Quinn Quinn needs to be able to hit those balls, and him and Sark need to work in tandem with the with his receivers and Whittington and, and tight end Sanders to yep. work the middle of the field. And they have AD Mitchell too, who's a really good possession receiver coming from a championship, two championships in, in, in Georgia. And I think yep. he, which a little, you know, win horse moment. Why leave? Why? Like, what do you think? He, what do, what do you know? What, like, what, what kind of insider trading? I don't, what does he know that we don't know about the program? Like why? Like you, you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Well, I, I think for him, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if like they have a slight step back this year. If something comes out, you know, maybe maybe from him, maybe from a couple other guys that transferred out of there. My expectation is that he saw an opportunity and a room that has a lot of talent in Texas, but a program that is going to they, – they have the intention of leaving no doubt on the offensive side of the football. And Steve Sarkeesian is, again, one of the best signal callers, one of the best offensive minds in college football, right? I don't think he's a bad what... signal caller. I think the execution, like I'm saying, is an issue. 
Yeah, but I think that like Kirby Smart is a guy that already has proven that if you're on the defensive side of the football, you have a high possibility if you're playing for the Georgia Bulldogs to get to the NFL and be a top-tier draft pick. Mm. Mitchell wasn't the best receiver on their team the last two years. He knew who else was in that room. I, I think some of it was probably just an evaluation from his standpoint of like, okay, I can go to a pass-happy team that's going to try and put up a lot of points that has a quarterback who just prospect ranking wise coming out of high school is one of the most talented guys. I also know who the quarterback is stepping up for the Bulldogs next year. And I know it's not Stetson Bennett and it might've just been an appeal thing for him. He was like, I can go here and be the guy. Look, I've got two rings at this point. I've won two national championships. I've done what I needed to do from an accolade pedigree standpoint. And now I need to check the box of, okay, let's, let's pad the stats. Let me jump up some boards if I can and end up a you know third round pick in the NFL draft next season. Mm, I think yeah. I think that that's probably what it was for this guy. He's only a junior too, so he'll be here presumably next year, right? Um, like Worthy's a junior unless, unless he is just hands down our best receiver and really I mean, look, you don't know. You know, you no, X-Men I don't it takes know. a lot of attention. And again, I think that's gonna open things up, especially if he's trying to be our guy that's a deep ball threat stretching the ball down the field. Middle of the field is open for those intermediary routes like you're talking about for Whittington and a guy like A.D. Mitchell to really to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I we're we're he's he's you know he's our Z slotted on our lads depth chart. One yeah. of four new faces, which is also another like I, obviously we have a new starting running back, but we have a guy that's been there before, um, Jalen Catalan coming over from Arkansas. We saw, we saw when we played them, what he can do uh, when he was fully healthy um, and, and, and how productive he can be, which is great. Obviously Anthony Hill, the freshman uh, coming in. And I think, you know, one of the things I found interesting about today was their schedule, uh, which, you know, for me is easy, but I think the way it's laid out is, is a bit interesting. I'd, I'd say. Uh, oh, we also have Gavin Holmes. I wanted to shout him out to transfer from Wake Forest cornerback. Um, I'm going to throw the schedule up here. Sorry if you're listening on on the old Spotify or Apple. You can't you can't see it, but we'll read it out for you guys if you're watching on YouTube. Here you go, the Texas football schedule. We're going to share the screen right now. Um, we've gone through it a, a bevy of times, but you're always finding new nuggets and new, you know, topic points in the schedule at home. Rice. We're assuming we clean up there. We know what we're getting into in Tuscaloosa. Like I don't, I don't want people. To, I think people are drinking a little bit of the Kool-Aid like Bama's, you know, unsure at the quarterback spot. And, you know, they, this is the most unsure and lack of names, quote unquote, an offense we've seen them have in a number of years, but that kind of goes back to the old Alabama days when, it was Greg McElroy and, and AJ McCarron, not NFL superstar quarterbacks. They still got it done. They're still going to be dominant on both sides of the line, and they're still going to have a very strong defense. The question they pose to you, and I'm curious to see what you think. If after then we have Wyoming after Tuscaloosa at home, our first game is in the Big Twelve is at Waco. Is is could that be the most important game of the season? Not the Alabama game. Um, I mean, we have seen enough trips, like trip ups, by the Texas football program that 
we're almost a team that can't look at a schedule like other NCAA teams can and say like, this is the most important game because we're a team that lost to Kansas two times in the last six years, you mm-hmm. know, like every game is so important to us. And I, yeah. I mean that more than other, other college football programs. Like when they look at their schedule, like it's just not the same because we have so much pressure on ourselves and we have this big red target on our backs. Um, so I think that's a huge game. I think it's bigger than the rice game. It's bigger than the Wyoming game. Um, is it as big as the Alabama game? I don't know because that game in Tuscaloosa not only would be a massive surge of momentum if we were able to win on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it, it's the type of defining win that a team as talented as our team, um, can, can send you in a completely different direction and one that we always have the expectation of. So, but yeah, I mean, look, like what gets us to the college football playoff, presumably, is not a win against Alabama. It's winning the Big 12 mm-hmm. and putting up a solid fight against Alabama or beating them. Of course, if we beat them, like that's not hurting our chances. No. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right to to bring that up in contention with the Alabama game. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, like the, the Kansas game, and then, you know, you've, you've got Oklahoma, which it's a rivalry game and literally anything can happen in that game. We know that. Cause we have seen ourselves be the worst team and end up the victors in that game. Yeah. And that I, I think a lot of, I think the Oklahoma game is, it would be a mistake to, to use last year as the commonplace going forward. I hope that, we wipe the floor with them, but I, I would not predict that we're going to beat them 49, nothing once again, clean, clean slate every year, like yeah. clean slate every year for that game. Um, the Baylor game to me, it's our first game in the big 12, but it's the last time we're going to Waco for a long time. So all of that compounded to me makes that a very interesting game. And then we see BYU. I forgot, I, I forgot Keaton Slovis was the quarterback, going to be the quarterback for BYU uh, October 28th. Uh, and again, another Big 12 game. Uh, we play them and, and we play Houston first at Houston. And then uh, the following week uh, ahead of Halloween, we get BYU. Forgot that Keaton Slovis was QB. Nobody wants it more than Keaton Slovis, dude. I dude, I believe it. You go, you you don't. Go, he went from the starting quarterback of USC to can't have sex at BYU. Nobody wants it more than Slovis. Yeah, and the guy that replaced him is throwing out pitches at the at the Dodgers game, and is you know the prince who was promised. He's going to be the the one one presumably in the NFL draft, like. He got kicked to the curb. He goes, he went to pit. That place yeah. stinks. Like he tried he tried to replace Flick it. Couldn't. That place. No. I mean, you he went from USC to Milltown, Pittsburgh. And he's like, all right, I'm like we 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 all know what goes down at USC. He went from starting quarterback at U, quarterback at USC, all the promise, to can't get laid. Like like, or I'm off the team at BYU because he wants to be a quarterback in college football and win that badly, and he thinks he can do it at BYU. Yeah. I mean, like, the massive, the most massive chip on his shoulder. Um, but I also think, like, look, it's a guy that's transferred two times. Like, 
There's a guy you can get in his head. And that's where our defense comes to play. Mm-hmm. And like, let's, let's, let's pick that guy off three times. Let's walk away from that game. We're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but let's walk away from that game where he's crumbled psychologically, where, where we're like, look, this is, this is why this guy transferred two times. This is why this guy is no longer the starting quarterback for the, the USC Trojans and why he's not going to get picked and is going to have to make his way in the NFL undrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, uh, it's a long fall from grace when you're a quarterback of, of that high of a stature from a prospect standpoint. And some guys have the resolve to kind of grit and grind through it. And right now he's a guy that I'm, I'm unsure about, right? Like Rattler has had a long road, but he has ended up on the other side. And that's why people believe in this South Carolina team, at least to be somewhat sneaky, right? At least to, to put up a fight against some of the other powerhouses of the sec. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that's a game that we win. I'm less worried about the Houston game, the BYU game. Although I know that BYU is a good football team than I am again uh, about that Waco game. Like you're saying, because it's the opener and it's, it's in Waco. It's the last time we, we see that team for a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's by no stretch of the imagination. Is this an easy schedule? We were looking at LSU schedule the other day and I mean, by all accounts in comparison to the last three years, this is a cakewalk schedule for lsu this season and we are not in the same boat and no i don't we're getting teams that are now joining the big 12 that are competitive they joined the big 12 for a reason they were chosen by the big 12 to join for a reason because Mm -hmm. they are competitive because they are good programs and we're going to get their best i also Houston's best for sure we get everyone's best you get kansas look we get four thank god we don't have to go to manhattan again manhattan kansas like what couldn't think of another name, whatever. Uh, Kansas State comes to us, which is, is which is unbelievably fortunate, man. Like it's really fortunate that we get Kansas because they're the they had 14 first place votes uh, for the preseason. We had 41. Uh, we're the heavy favorite in the Big 12. Like I do my like I'm looking at our schedule and it's just like has like red herrings like all across the board. Like we have our last, like our last, uh, second to last game before Tech and on, on Thanksgiving week, we're at Iowa State. The week before, we're at TCU. Like I, like God, like you know, God willing, we beat Alabama. We start running the table. All of a sudden, we get we get to November 11th, and our last three games were at TCU, at Iowa State, and at Tech. And then like you had the Big 12 in sight, you had the College Football Playoff in sight, like. God forbid we get tripped up in one of those away games and two games like a TCU team that caught lightning in a bottle that we we could have beaten last year. We could have beaten. They didn't they didn't win the Big 12 championship game in the, in the postseason. And while they beat Michigan, they absolutely got shanked by the Georgia Bulldogs. Like, but and they have to, and they all their guys left, yada yada. But like they could like if you don't think it's gonna be a tough place to play in Fort Worth. Got nothing coming. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's the toughest stretch of our schedule is Kansas State at home and then TCU on the road, Iowa State on the road. It's annoying, I, dude. At that point, I'm less worried about Texas Tech because um, we're going home. And I, but that game could mean a lot. You know, that's a game where we could play Tech and then the next week we could play Tech again. You know that that could happen. And we um, lost Tech last year. We lost to Tech last year in a game that, again, we should have won. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, man, this is 
I mean, that that's what makes being a Texas Longhorn so exciting is because these games are so meaningful. And I know you could say that the same thing for every college football program, but it's not the same. And the reason why it's not the same is because not only do we care about every single game, but everyone else cares about every single game of ours too. Because mm-hmm. when we lose, they love telling us that we lost. And when we win, you know, then all of those, uh, those closet Texas fans start coming out of the woodwork. Cause that happened, you know, in, in 05. And this is something that like, I'd love to talk to Quan more about next time we get him on here. There were fans that were not from the state of Texas that loved the burnt orange. Yeah, I'm sure. That, like it, be- it became a thing. Like, like Alabama has become, and like Georgia is becoming right now, and and Clemson too. Where, yes, you get more haters, but you also get people that aren't from your home state that are like, I love watching Alabama football, Alabama yeah. Clemson Tide football. That are saying Roll Tide. That could in three four years be saying hook them horns i mean look at the the, to go tigers like you know how many people like lsu that aren't from the state of louisiana it's unbelievable swag thing though but we but we could get back there 100 percent. we're itching to get back there like the minute you the u is good again boom through the roof like bama bama is so not swag their uniforms are blech their logo is their their uniforms are mid, dude. Their logo is mid. They're not they're swag. Pretty, they're pretty classic, but they've been so good that it's become swag. Yeah, it's like it's like Michigan, not really that swag. Like Ohio State, kind of more than Michigan, but not like like you Clemson. Think, I don't know, man. I think a lot of people like Michigan because of the winged helmet. I think I think Michigan has some more flair than Bama, but less than Ohio State. But all three have less than Clemson. The minute Clemson got hot, how many I saw sweatshirts everywhere, dude. The purple, the orange, the the paw print, like, like there's like a reason like UNC like is a little more swaggy than Duke. They have a little more fans like outside of because the powder blue. Like LSU has more fans everywhere because the the Go Tigers, like the swag around LSU, the swag around Miami. Texas is itching for that. Like the Longhorns, a dope logo. It's, a, it's just like a. I mean, our our guy. whites are are some of the cleanest unis. Our whites are better than any. Football. Our whites are better than any whites in college football. It's hard to argue with you. Yeah, so I, I, I it's itching for it. I, I, you'll and, and, and gals come out of the woodworks, but you just again like you know what I, my big takeaway from media day today and like hearing the other reporters and hearing everyone talk about us. It's ours to lose, and the only buddy and like once again like and maybe not once again. But for the first time in a long time, the only people that can really beat us is ourselves. Like really beat us. Like that, this is the year of like, if you're gonna do it, now is now's your chance. Because next next year you've thrown yourself into the fire. A, a gauntlet of like you're all, then it's like you're all of a sudden in the mix of Tennessee, Bama, LSU, Georgia. Which two of the five are gonna go? Any last thoughts? Uh, no. Next show, we should talk about just the basketball outlook going into the season with the recruiting trail pretty much done. Um, but we've continued to bring in guys over the last Hilton since- from UCF. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is now an oddly really deep squad. And, you know, three, eh, two and a half months ago, it looked pretty bleak. 
coming out of the coming out of the tourney, like fresh out of the tourney. We were in a not great place. And I know we don't cuss on this show. I know we don't really cuss on any of our shows, but motherfuckers out here be too quick. Yeah, well, it they'd be too I mean, quick I, though. Yeah, but I don't. I, it's not that I don't get the criticisms while they were happening. Look, everybody we lost, we were supposed to lose, except Ron Holland, who went to the G League because he looked and was like, oh, okay, who are the first picks of the draft? Guy from France, Bama, Brandon Miller, G League, two guys from the Overtime Elite. Like, Well, and I also think I not only did he, this, like is, that. this is not a, this is not besmirching the Texas basketball program, but he probably also looked at Dylan Mitchell and was like, Man, maybe I can kind of protect me being a top five pick by not going and playing college basketball. Yes, by going there's less of a national microscope on you. Yeah, there's you less narrative drawn. You have, a less, you. you have a less less of a sample size too for people 100%. to to get the wrong impression of you. So I don't blame Ron Holland for not going. At all. I I if I, I mean, a lot of people think he might be the, the number one overall pick. And I know people are going to be like, when he, if he is like, oh, we, we could have had the number one. Yeah, sure. And I, I, and I know that if he's stepping onto the, the court next year for the Texas Longhorns, he is starting. But I don't know if his usage rate is the highest on the team. It probably isn't. Derek Lively was the number one recruit out of Duke. Number one recruit. Went, he went to your Mavs. He averaged and five and a half and five and a half. And quite frankly, I think when he, I think as we see him in the NBA, his offensive game is going to be completely unlocked. These guys oh, aren't. Yeah, I mean, these I guys just watched building. I just, yeah, just, I just watched him play uh, in the summer league game. He's a he's a beast. He's a freak athlete, and he's huge. DeAndre Jordan, his freshman year at Texas A and M, like he did nothing. He was not good. That guy was an All NBA first team guy one year. Multiple like, time all star. Like, how many times have we seen freshmen like because you're not going into when you get to the NBA, there's so much more of an individuality. There's so much the court's bigger. You could express your game more. Like yeah. in college basketball, you're going into a system and you're going into what Texas is with under beard. And now what we saw throughout the year, because it continued on with Rodney Terry. Like Dylan Mitchell had no choice but to go back because his stock completely was toast because our our brand of basketball is very guard heavy. Well, it's and it's very guard heavy. Completely reliant upon our, our veterans. Timmy and Marcus and Serge Ibari, like those guys played four or five years of college basketball. Uh, but like that, my thing is like, okay, we had Ron Holland. It's not like, okay, Ron Holland, everything's going to flow through Ron Holland. No, probably oh. not. To Sue, Shedrick, Amos, like Amos, guys. Tyrese Hunter, who was already there last year. Yeah. Like you, you're like, okay, Hunter, Amos, and uh, and Shedrick, who's backing up to Sue. Like, it's gonna, th- it's gonna flow through our vets. Well, we'll probably, I think we'll play them at the same time. Really? Yeah. What I see, what I, where's my phone? I, I don't see why not. Cause it, Desu can, Desu can shoot it decently enough. Um, would love for Desu to like be like, like, uh, I thought his face up game was pretty solid before. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, I'm not necessarily Gosh. saying like he's he's like a true pick and pop guy, but he's a he's got a mid range jumper that at least will keep people honest. Um, and I like both those guys crashing the glass and 
Mitchell, I think, will be tested, like, just in regards to how well he shoots the three-point ball. Um, but Amos and, and Hunter can both stroke it from deep. So, I, Yeah, I mean, they have it. Yeah. They have right now Hunter at the point, Amos at the guard. They could obviously flip-flop. Horton um, from UCF at the small forward spot. Mitchell in a smaller ball lineup, I guess. Uh, at the four and just do at the five. But I think, you know, we obviously see Mitchell go to the three, Shedrick at the five and just at the four. Yeah, I, th- I think with Amos and Hunter out there, I know Tyrese is a good defender, but they're both small. And I'd rather us go big three through five than run a smaller lineup out there. But like, you know, we'll have multiple variations of and rotations that we lean into depending on the matchup, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, it's... It's going to be exciting. So I'm ex- I'm excited to hear more about this team as they get closer and closer to the season. Football and basketball coming in with great momentum. Um, football starts everything off, though. And yeah. Sarkeesian has big expectations for the team. I didn't mention this in the quote, but you know he wants to win a national championship before we go to the SEC. That's their goal this year. Um, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, but there's a lot that has to get done on the field before we get to that point. It's not out of the realm of possibilities, but yeah, you like one game at a time, one step at a time type deal. Like let's, let's get to the big 12 championship game. Let's win the big 12. Let's get a college football playoff. Let's win every game. Yeah. Let's get to like, let's, let's, let's start moving. Let's move a little slow here. Yeah. I love the fire. I'm with you. The fire is palpable. I'm feeling it. I love it, but I think we should move a little like with a little safe pace. Like, Hey, like, look, it's good to have that goal. We all agree that we should be in the mix for this, but at the same time, like let's be realistic in like where we've been and where we're going. Yeah. Win the conference. Just win the big 12. All right, man. Well, I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow for a bunch of shows that we do together. But fans listening, Huckam Horns, we love you guys. See you next time. Huckam. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.